You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I will be your host today. Joining me in the studio are Ken and Jeff. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hey, what's up? And uh, unfortunately not here today is our co-host, Matt. Uh, he took a trip on the Orient Express and for some reason uh, has not returned. So uh, uh, I guess the clues will lead us to who possibly may have murdered him. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to ask uh, Kenneth Branagh uh, soon and see. We're not sponsored by that movie, but uh, if you would like <laughs> to sponsor us, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, just send us a check. So um, <laughs> joining us today, uh, we're very happy to bring uh, into the studio through Skype our uh, our friend Rich Flagel. How's it going, Rich? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, well, first of all, we just want to say a very uh, heartfelt thank you uh, because you are one of our Patreon subscribers. So thank you, uh, first of all, for, for that. Um, and uh, I guess, um, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into trivia, um, you know, uh, how you got into our show, and uh, just a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know, I've always liked trivia. Um, my long car rides and stuff, my parents used to... Uh, quiz us on like history facts and things like that my dad's a big history buff um been watching jeopardy since i was a little kid um i passed the jeopardy test the last time around and then never got called for an audition so we're in we're in trouble though that's what you're saying uh i don't know (laughs) i i've taken the test several times and i only passed it once so i can start listening to you guys pretty early on i think um i i don't know i listened to another trivia podcast and i think somebody on there might have plugged you guys and that's how i found you wonderful we well we certainly appreciate uh the extra plugs that we get anywhere we can find them <laughs> yeah no and, and thank you for for being a listener and and a, a patreon subscriber and just a, a special shout out to all of our patreon subscribers uh we've been just uh so we're o- sort of overjoyed with uh all the help and support you guys have given us so thank you to uh of course rich and then uh, david nelson brent bullmeyer asha usef wesley wells and greg uh, without your support, uh, it, it wouldn't uh, allow us to do the show uh, in a simpler way that it's uh, sort of becoming. So it's it's becoming a lot easier to, to produce and distribute this show with your support. And if anyone else is interested, uh, please go to uh, patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And uh, there's going to be some perks there. We're, we're reworking some of them. Uh, but just the fact that you guys are sort of in our, what we like to call our cream of the crop, um, means a lot. So thank you so much. Um, 
and uh, and hopefully we'll get some uh, some new patrons. So spread the word. Uh, so yeah, with Rich here, um, it's going to be a three for all today. You guys know the rules. Um, it's twenty questions in a variety of topics, worth ten points apiece. Split into two rounds. At halftime, there's going to be a special swing round designed by me, uh, which to the contestants today they know is a mysterious swing round. Uh, we won't get into that because of why. But uh, at the end of regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they have accumulated, and we'll have the chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five questions. Uh, at the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Ooh, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. All right, so I guess without... Further ado, are you guys uh, ready to do this game? I am ready. Start. All right, you guys are ready to go. So let's start with question one. Out of the 14 teams in the Big Ten Conference, only 11 of them have official mascots that you might see on the football field. Of those 11, how many are supposed to resemble a human? Okay, I'm in. How are you in already? Because there's no way I could possibly know this, so I guessed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not a Big Ten guy. <laughs> um, I grew up in Syracuse, so we aren't very good at football. I love your mascot's great, though, the orange, yeah. Yeah. Like a physical piece of fruit? He looks yeah, like, he's, yeah, he's literally a fruit with arms, legs, and a hat. All right, I'm locked in. All right, so Rich and Ken are locked in. Jeff is still thinking. Yeah, let me just let me just finish the other two teams just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Okay. And I can give you a very subtle hint if you guys need. Or uh, it, it basically would be eliminating the three teams that don't have a a mascot at all. That's okay. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I'm I'm glad I wrote all of them down because okay. I got I got. <laughs> I think I have a better idea now. All right. Uh, let's start with uh, the most confident and, and quickest to enter. Ken. One. All right. The answer is one. Uh, Rich, what about you? I said six. All right. Six for Rich and Jeff. Okay. So I, I think I went through all 14 Big Ten teams here. Um, there's one that I'm not certain of, but there are two that I'm definitely certain of. One of them is the Michigan State uh, Spartan, mm-hmm. Sparty, uh, Chief Illini from Illinois. And the other one that I thought was a human representation but wasn't uh, 100% certain of was Rutgers, the Scarlet Knight. All right. Uh, so, so I said three. Jeff, um, Jeff was pretty close on his his uh, reasoning here. Uh, Rich was also close on the amount. So Illinois, Michigan, and Indiana technically don't have an official mascot anymore because in 2007 they disbanded Chief Illini oh. uh, because of the racist connotations. Uh, there are unofficial versions of uh, Chief Illinik, um that go to games in different places and perform, but it's not an official mascot anymore. Um, so Jeff was right on two of them. Uh, Michigan state has the Spartan known as Sparty. That's, that's right. a pretty, uh, uh, pretty lazy. Naming. Pretty, yeah. Uh, Rutgers does in fact have the Scarlet Knight, uh, which is a, it looks like a man very similar to Sparty dressed in a knight's outfit. Uh, Purdue has Purdue Pete and Nebra- right. Nebraska actually has two, but it's most famously known for Herbie Husker. So it's Nebraska. Uh, okay, but I forgot. About uh, but they they just recently added Lil Red, which is a guy in like a blow up costume. But their main main one is Herbie, Herbie Husker. Is uh, Notre Dame not uh, Big Ten? Nope. nope, it is a non affiliated FBS team. Nah, right. Only for football though, because every other sport they play in the ACC. <laughs> this is all right. Let's move on. So the answer was four there, guys. So four. All right. So. Four. Qu- so, Doesn't, isn't Brutus Buckeye like humanoid? He's just got a 
he is, he is humanoid, but he's technically a nut. <laughs> he's technically a nut. <laughs> he is technically a nut. Speaking uh, of nuts, uh, I brought some squirrel nut zippers into the uh, studio today for the gentleman to try. I know uh, Jeff ate his, and Neil's saving his for later. What'd you think? I liked it, but it tasted like sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little sour from our loss, so I don't know if I should add something sweet to the mix. <laughs> okay. Question two. Actors are often recast for roles in film and television, such as Maggie Gyllenhaal replacing Katie Holmes in Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. My question to you is, if the famous American author of The Last of the Mohicans was alive in the 1990s, what TGIF show would be the easiest casting decision? So you're looking for a show. Looking for a show title that would correspond with the author's name. To give you a little bit more of a hint. Okay, I have a guess. I also have a guess. All right. Well, so what are you thinking, Rich? They're both locked in. Well, the only TGIF shows that I can remember are like uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Boy Meets World. Uh, that's all I can remember. So I guess I'm just going to say Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, let's let's go with... Uh, no, that's, a, that's a good guess. Let's go with Ken. I actually also went with uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Just kind of trying to think of TGIF, uh, TGIF shows with names in them or things that could be names. I thought of maybe Teen Angel. Maybe the guy's last name is Angel. Maybe the guy's last name is Sabrina. So I'm going with uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch. You didn't think his last name was Family Matters or Step no, by Step? No, not or... really. <laughs> Jeff, well, oh, did... those were TGIF. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, there, there's a very other famous one, which of course is being remade for the next generation right now on Netflix that nobody mentioned. But um, I, you know, I couldn't think of it, so I went with one that I knew was a person's name. Don't think it's a TJF show, so I jokingly said Charles in Charge. All right, Charles in Charge. Well, uh, would the answer come to you if I said the author, the famous American author of The Last of the Mohicans, was James Fenimore Cooper? Yep. Hanging with Mr. Cooper mm, was the answer. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's good. That's, that's pretty funny. Um, all right, moving right along to question three. This French explorer discovered Prince Edward Island in 1534 and claimed what is now Canada for France before his name was synonymous with high-end jewelry worn by the likes of Grace Kelly and the Duchess of Cambridge. I'm locked in. All right, Richard in with a fury. Seems like all his neurons are kicking. Well, it looks like uh, triviality co-hosts here having a little bit of trouble trying to think deep i'm trying to think at all okay whatever all right ken is in so we're left with jeff uh, i'll take a guess all right so let's start with ken uh tapping tapping out on this one can't even think of a funny answer tap tap taparoo taparoo tap it in all right uh let's go with jeff uh i went uh he's more associated with diamonds but i said De beers De Beers. All right. And uh, Rich, who seemed the most confident, uh, what do you got? Uh, I said Cartier or Cartier. I don't know how you, sp- how you pronounce yeah. that specifically. But I think his first name is Jacques. That makes more sense. Rich is right on the money. It is Jacques Cartier. I assume the first name was Jacques. Couldn't get any further than that, though. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Cartier, uh, famously uh, a, a type of jewelry that a lot of celebrities wear, a lot of royalty wear, uh, and uh, not in the same realm as the Explorer, but uh, that was just a way for you guys to get to the answer. But Great job, Rich. All right, so Rich is the first person on the board with 10 points. So uh, let's let's see if the Triviality co-host can uh, follow him here with question yeah, four. Yeah, i got to pull it together. Question four. 
While Billy Joel's soon-to-be wife, Christy Brinkley, might have been in the music video for Uptown Girl, the song was initially written about his relationship with what fellow 1980s supermodel who, unlike Brinkley, was from Australia? Okay, I'm in. <clears throat> Jeff is in right away, surprisingly. So oh. I know... I know a super... Oh, no, Neil. 1980s supermodels are my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I don't know if I'm right or not. I just have a very educated guess. So That's all I can ask. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah. I think this, this one's from Australia. All right, so Rich, you're, you're uh, welcome to talk it out if you'd like. I don't know. I'm just going to say Tyra Banks. I think it's wrong. I'm like 100% sure that's wrong. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, I think if Tyra Banks was here, she would be happy that you said her name. Uh, she likes hearing her name. <laughs> Uh, I actually met her once at an <laughs> autograph signing when she first started out. It was at like a, a mall thing where that it was for Victoria's Secret. And I forgot what she signed on my picture. It was like hearts, Tyra. And I used, I showed everyone at school. I'm like, look, Tyra Banks loves me. She gave me hearts in her autograph. Um, <laughs> Man. <laughs> I have a lot of stories. Your, your, I should your, write a book. Your, your young Neil stories are... Uh... Maybe I'll write a book. Crushingly depressing. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd have no idea. Yeah, like uh, the first you're, girl who, who refused me a uh, Valentine, Allison, oh. and she should have given me one. Your, uh, uh, your ring for Buffy and, and the Tyra. She wouldn't be my Valentine. Then when she finally said she liked me, she moved away. Uh, I, have, I have so many stories. You have no idea. Uh, okay, so... Uh, I love it. Richard was in with Tyra Banks, uh, who I'm yeah. very familiar with, uh, having watched all the seasons of America's Next Top Model, uh, but unfortunately is not, so I'm just going to kind of spoil alert on Shocking. that one. It is not uh, Tyra Banks. I'm going with Al uh, McPherson. Okay, and uh, Jeff? I mean, there are a couple famous Australians you could think of, um, including... Nicole Kidman, um, but not a not a supermodel. Uh, other musicians, but I too settled on Elle McPherson. All right. Well, the answer is Elle McPherson, which always begs the question: How does Billy Joel do it? I. That's a good question. So here here's a little <laughs> I love background. Those tired puppy dog eyes. Uh, so Joel had originally titled the song "Uptown Girls," and it was conceived on an occasion when he was surrounded by Christy Brinkley, Whitney Houston, and his then girlfriend Elle McPherson. Um, and uh, like that. No, well, so, yeah, the song's about Elle McPherson, and then he started, uh, he broke up with her and uh, started dating Brinkley. Um, and then two other songs, uh, I forget both of them, but uh, the song And So It Goes is about uh, Elle McPherson as well. Um, and, yeah, the song was inspired by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons for that uptown sound, Motown sound, mm. excuse me. All right. All right, well, uh, question five, uh, both question five submissions today and uh, one other question were provided by our listener, Matt Coleman. He sent in a Google Doc of questions, and uh, they were just too good to choose from, so I picked a few from the list. So thanks so much, Matt, for sending these in. Here is the first one that he gave us. Retiring after the 1996 to 1997 season, St. Louis Blues player Craig McTavish became the last player to do what in an NHL game? Hmm. Shout out to our, our listener, Brent Bullmeyer, because he's a huge Blues fan. Was it 27 straight home openers he's been to? 28. 28 this year? Okay. All right, so... I'm locked in. All right, Rich is in. Must be talking about a rule change. You said... Uh, mm, okay. What, what was here? 96, 97? 96 to 97, or the 96, 97 season. Okay, I'm in. All right, so Ken and Rich are in. Jeff is in thought. I'm in with a guess. It's fine. Okay, Jeff is in with the guests. Uh, let's start with Jeff, who entered last. Uh, so I, I was trying to think if, if there was maybe a rule change or something like that, but I couldn't couldn't think of anything. So I said he was the last player to score a goal over the age of 40. Okay, 
Uh, let's go to Rich. I said he was the last guy not to wear a helmet. Oh. Okay, and Ken. Yeah, and uh, while that may have happened uh, prior to uh, 96-97, I said the same. Uh, he did not wear a helmet. All right. Well, two of you are correct. It was play without a helmet. Uh, he had played long enough that he was grandfathered into the league's rules about playing with a helmet. So so uh, did he go out not wearing a helmet? Uh, like, what do you mean? Oh, when he retired? Yeah. He was uh, still not wearing a helmet when he when he went out? Uh, I believe so, yes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to question six. Found in the Bering Strait, big and little, describe the Diomede Islands belonging to what two countries? Or Diomede. Not sure how to pronounce it. I got it. Bering Strait. Yep. Found in the Bering Strait, big and little, describes the Diomede Islands belonging to what two countries? Yep. Okay, I'm in. Are you saying that both islands are owned by both countries, or one's owned by one and one's owned by the other? Uh, yes, so I'm looking for two countries. Uh, one owns big, and one owns little. Okay, well, I know the two countries, I think. Um, which you, is which, I don't know. but Yeah, you don't have to um, worry about which, which owns which. So. Yeah, the, so the Bering Strait is between Alaska and Russia. So those are the two countries I'm going to go with, the Russia and the United States. Okay, Rich in with United States and Russia. Uh, let's go with Ken. I also said Russia and the U.S. Okay, and Jeff. Uh, I said the United States and Russia. All right, you guys are correct. It's Russia and the United hey, States. I knew where the Bering Strait was. <laughs> That's good. Uh, just a little score recap after six questions. Looks like Ken has 30, Rich has 30, and Jeff has 20. Close game. I always start poorly. All right, question seven. Since 1902, only a limited number of postgraduate students at the University of Oxford can thank a man named Cecil for receiving this prestigious scholarship. Got it. Locked in. Okay. I'm in. All right. Uh, Ken seemed to be the most uncertain, so let's start with Ken. Yeah, I've, this was not ringing any sort of bells, uh, so I just went with a famous Cecil, and I went DeMille. Okay. Uh, That's not right. <laughs> it's not right. No. Let's go with Jeff. Uh, if my head is in the right place, Ken, uh, I believe it may have helped if I told you that Bill Clinton was one of these. I believe that was a Rhodes scholarship or Rhodes. Okay. And Rich. Yeah. I also said Rhodes scholarship or Rhodes scholar. Mm. That's correct. So if you were a super smart wrestler, it might be called the Dusty Rhodes scholarship, yeah. but it is <laughs> Rhodes scholarship. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of that, but there's no reason that it was specifically standing out to me. So, yeah. Okay. Actually, I actually work at a uh, university right now, and one of my students just got, uh, not my student, one of the students I work wow. with actually got this. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's a pretty high honor. Um, yeah, I, I, it's either something that you like to tell people, I think, at, uh, at parties, or you're just, you know, you're just that smart. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. And good for them. Uh, all right, so question eight is going to be around Oxford a little bit. Speaking of Oxford, an English rock band from Oxfordshire was originally named On a Friday, but they didn't become famous until they changed their name to this, matching the title of track number six on Talking Heads' album, True Stories. Mm. So I feel kind of bad because Talking Heads... 
Our band, I know, I know some songs from, but I'm not as into them as I really should be as a music fan, and uh, I don't know a lot of the titles of their songs, which is unfortunate. Is is the is the song named after the band, or is the band named after the song? The band is named after the song, the Talking Head song. Well, I've I've thus far come up with one Talking Head song, so I'm happy in that regard. Okay, I'm in. What's really bothering me is there's. There's that one song that's just, it's in my head and it will not come to the forefront. And I just need to clear it up so I can get like through further of their, of their backlog. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to lock in with a wrong answer. Okay. Uh, let's start with Ken. Uh, I just went with uh, new order. They're fresh in my head from the, the previous game and I have, I have no frame of reference here. So, all right, Rich, what do you got? I'm not even sure if they're British, but I'm going to say The Clash. All right, The Clash. And Sounds like a good song title. Yeah, no, it, it does. I think The Clash might predate... Um, oh, probably. I have no idea. That band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only song that I could think of, what, which was theirs, and I, I know if I thought about it long enough, I'd get maybe to the right answer. Um, I had Take Me to the River. That was the only, only Talking Heads song I could think of. So, On a Friday was the band's original name when they formed, because that's when they would rehearse at school. But they changed their name to the title of track number six, as I said, from the Talking Heads album True Stories, which was called Radiohead. Oh. Oh. Uh, all right. So question number nine. Another music uh, question, sort of. In Eddie Money's song, Take Me Home Tonight, the phrase, Be My Little Baby, is repeated several times and cued when Eddie says, just like who sang, hint, don't confuse them with a the four-time Super Bowl winning 49ers cornerback who then became safety. I have a guess, but... So I'm looking for a first name, but the, the 49ers is a hint. Okay, I'm in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll lock in. All right, Rich is locked in. I have a better answer, because the word I wrote was nonsense before this. Okay. All right, let's start with Jeff. Uh, so I said, just like Ronnie said. Uh, let's go to Rich. I said Joe. All right. Joe says a lot of things, but uh, unfortunately said, did not say this. I said Frankie. And Frankie, okay. Well, uh, Ken was close, as it did end in IE. But uh, if you know who Ronnie Lott is, uh, it, it was uh, just like Ronnie said, be my little baby. Yep, just but, like Ronnie said. But Ronnie Millsap is the female vocalist in the song, right? Isn't uh, that yes. the tie-in? Yeah. 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 Looks like we're at the last question of round one. Um, and uh, it's a pretty close game so far. So let's, let's see if you guys can end the round strong. Question 10. You can thank Sam and Dean's chemistry for helping what television series become the longest running in CW history? I'm locked in. Yeah, me too. All right, Rich and Ken are in. I'll just take a guess with a CW show. All right, let's start with uh, Rich, who actually was was in fairly quickly. Uh, I don't actually watch this show, but I, I, I've, I know some people that do. It's called Supernatural. All right, let's go to Ken. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I don't watch it, but I uh, know enough about pop culture to know those two dudes are named Sam and Dean. All right, and I'll go to Jeff. It was immediately obvious that I was wrong because uh, Supernatural has been on for like what, like twelve, thirteen years now. Um, so, I, but I said Gossip Girl because I, I didn't know. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ken and Rich were correct. It is Supernatural. They're going to be going into their thirteenth season. Uh, I actually watched the show when it came out. Uh, the first five seasons are super strong. If you just watch uh, one through five, because the, the story kind of wraps up nicely, but then they kept getting renewed and they've 
been getting renewed every year, so I haven't even watched 6 through 12, but uh, it's still super popular, so uh, people love it. All right, so after round one, our game is very close. Ken has 40, Jeff has 40, and in the lead right now by a slim margin is Rich with 50. All right, so today's swing round uh, is going to be a little bit uh, TV-themed. Uh, it's it's not uh, nothing confusing about the questions. They're not long questions. Uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you uh, characters, and I just want to know the actor or actress who portrayed the characters. should help you out a little bit because these are going to be characters that Rolling Stone listed as the uh, top 40 um, best SNL characters of all time. Mm, okay. So I'm going to give you a famous SNL character. I just need to know the actor or actress who portrayed them. And I will say one or more of these might be a famous host of the series, but you'll you'll see it when you hear it. Okay. I can already think of you'll one hear of it when I answers. see it. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do 10 of these. They're going to be worth five points apiece. And uh, it's pretty simple. Like I said, I'm going to name the character. I just need the actor or actress. Number one, Wayne Campbell. Number two, Stefan. Number three, Stuart Smalley. Number four, Matt Foley. Number five, just name one of the Bronx Beat Ladies. Just one of them. There's two of them. Number six, Nick the Lounge Singer. Number seven, The Lothario at the Continental. Number eight, Debbie Downer. Number nine, Mr. Robinson. And number 10, Roseanne Rosanna Dana. Mm. That one's for the older crowd, but timeless, timeless. I do have an 11th, but I won't include Roseanne, it. Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. I know that one. I can't place it. You know what? As a triviality first, we're going to have, we're going to turn it up to 11. There's going to be one more for five points. That character would be the samurai. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, uh, so everyone is in. Uh, these are worth five points. I'm just going to go through each number and get everyone's answer for them. Uh, so let's just do it this way. We're just uh, for ease of uh, the listening experience. We're going to go Ken, Rich, Jeff for every answer. So here we go. Number one, Wayne Campbell. I went uh, Mike Myers. All right, Rich. I had Mike Myers. Okay, and Jeff. Party on, Mike Myers. All right, that is uh, from Wayne's World, Wayne Campbell. All right, number two, Stefan. Uh, Bill Hader on that one. All right. Rich? I just guessed Eddie Murphy. I didn't know. All right. And Jeff? Well, the only Stefan I could think of uh, is from Family Matters, but uh, <laughs> but I said Chris Kattan. All right. Well, uh, if you want to know where the best uh, underground nightclub is in the city, you want to listen to Stefan by Bill Hader. Bill Hader. That's one of the best ones. Uh, and I, I believe uh, Rolling Stone named him number one out of all of them, which is pretty crazy. He's really well. good. Uh, number three, Stuart Smalley. Ken? Um, I, the name was so familiar and I couldn't place the character and like what he looked like. I just went with, uh, Andy Samberg as a guest. All right, Rich. I have a uh, Senator Al Franken. Okay. And Jeff, believe it or not, I too went Minnesota Senator Al Franken. That's right. It is Senator Al Franken. I'm good enough. I'm smart. I'm smart enough. I'm good enough. What is it? By Gosh darn it. People, people, people like, like me. People like me. There <laughs> you now go. I remember. Now I remember. Uh, all right. Number four was Matt Foley. Ken? I think that's uh, Chris Farley's character who lived in a van down by the river. Down by the river. (laughs) Rich? (laughs) Yeah, and Chris Farley. Yep, and Jeff. That is one of the best characters of Chris Farley. Other than the Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals. (laughs) I love when he falls into the the table. The Chippendales dancers, if you want to pull it back to. I love that one with Patrick Swayze, yeah. (laughs) That's like one of the best of all time. So good. Uh, all right, number five, uh, Ken. The, wow, either one of the Bronx Beat ladies. I'm hoping those are the uh, soft-talking um, radio personalities. Uh, and I went with Anna Gasteyer, but I'm not sure. Okay, Rich? Yeah, I, I, I had nothing. All right, and uh, Jeff? Uh, I was thinking it was more um, early, so I, I guess Jane Curtin. Okay, uh, all good guesses. Uh, Ken was actually looking for the delicious dish hosts, mm, right. uh, who you might recall saying, I can't help but notice, Pete. Your balls are a little <laughs> misshapen. Um, but uh, the Bronx Beat ladies were the two women from the Bronx who would gossip and hated everyone that they in- engaged with, and that would be Amy Poehler or Maya Rudolph. Uh, okay. They were chewing gum incessantly during oh, yeah. the sketch. Uh, okay, so number six, Nick the Lounge Singer, Ken. Couldn't put my finger on this one, but uh, I know Adam Sandler is musical, so I went with him. All right, Rich. I also said Adam Sandler, but I was probably just thinking about the wedding singer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Jeff. I I couldn't shake this image of a um, lowered button-down shirt, Phil Hartman. So don't know if that's him or not, but I went Phil Hartman. All right. Well, I think Adam Sandler might have led you to Opera Man. Uh, Jeff was a little closer with an unbuttoned shirt, but that would be uh, Chicago's favorite, Bill Murray. And I believe oh he, yeah, he'd like step out in the crowd and come talk. And he and he right. sang terribly. I think he did like Jaws or Star Wars. He did, you know he was screaming. <laughs> okay. Now I remember the sketch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, now we are on number seven. The Lothario at the Continental. Ken. This was the uh, point of view sketch in which uh, Chris Walken would uh, go around and uh, try to try to make love to a beautiful lady. All right, Rich. I have nothing. All right, Jeff. I don't remember this this skit at all, but I felt like it was one of the recurring hosts, so I just guessed Steve Martin. Come over here and have some wine. That would be Christopher Walken. That is correct. Ken is right on that one. They're trying to shut the door on him. He's pushing the door. 
That's a great sketch. It's so good. Uh, all right, uh, number eight, Debbie Downer. Ken. Uh, feline AIDS is actually the number one killing killer of cats in America. Uh, that's uh, Rachel Dratch. <laughs> All right. Rich? Um, I said Molly Shannon. Okay. And Jeff? I, too, said Rachel Dratch. It is Rachel Dratch. Womp, womp, womp. That's correct. Uh, all right. Now we are on to number nine, Mr. Robinson. Ken? Uh, I'm not familiar with this character. I uh, went with Will Farrell. All right, Rich. I had nothing. And Jeff. This is how we answer the door in my neighborhood. That would be Eddie Murphy. It mm. is the parody of Mr. Rogers, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> uh, and uh, number ten was a very, very classic character, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Ken. Could not put my finger on it, so I just went with Sherry O'Terry. All right, uh, Rich. I still had nothing. Okay, and Jeff. I thought this was even more classic. I went Gilda Radner. It is Gilda Radner. Yeah. Uh, and our final one that we turned up to 11, I thought I'd give you guys sort of a gimme here. Uh, this would be the Samurai. Uh, this is a little before my viewing time, but I can picture John Belushi swinging that sword. All right, Rich. I also had John Belushi. And Jeff. May he rest in peace, John Belushi. All right. Well, that was actually a great job by all of you guys. Let me just tabulate the scores here so you guys can write down in your score sheets uh, going into round two. All right. So after the swing round, a uh, very close showing by all three gentlemen, uh, the scores are very, very tight. So tied for second place are Ken and Rich with 70 points. And in the lead right now with 75 is Jeff. I will not lose by five points to Jeff. I'm calling the shot. You might. I might, lose, <laughs> I might lose by more, but... Uh, whoever loses this game has to eat the last remaining squirrel nut zipper. What do you mean has to? I got those for you guys as a gift, and they taste great. Or maybe whoever wins gets the squirrel nut zipper. And well, if, if Rich wins, I was we're going to have to ship it to him. Yeah, we'll have to mail it to him. <laughs> I, that's, I, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not paying postage on a single squirrel nut zipper. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, question one of round two. What photosynthetic pigment allows plants to absorb energy from light if, if, your name is Billy Madison. Got it. <laughs> I'm in. Speaking of SNL, you know, I members. was so so we're going. For I was going to make Billy this joke. Says in the... what, what? How Billy Madison sees the answer to this question? I'm really sad, Neil. I just I was going to make the joke, and then you I can't even do it because <laughs> the joke is the answer. The answer is the joke. <sighs> I don't like this. Okay, man. Okay, all right. Let's start with Ken. I can't remember the gag, um, so I took chloroplasts and turned it into chloroform. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Rich. You got chlorophyll man up there talking about God knows what, and you're over here trying to kiss me. Chlorophyll. Okay. And Jeff. Chlorophyll, more like borophyll. <laughs> I went borophyll. So Rich was so close, he knew the quote from the movie, but it was actually borophyll. Oh, chlorophyll more like borophyll. Oh, I mean, okay, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, you were right on with the quote. Yeah, you got chlorophyll man up there talking about God knows what. All she's talking about is making out with me. I'm here to learn, not to make out. Go on with the chlorophyll. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it is borophyll. Billy Billy Madison oh, calls man. it borophyll. That was very. I feel so bad. That was very close. On uh, give him points. I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him the points. He knew the. He knew uh, the points. Uh, give him the points. He knew the whole quote. Well, close, but I, I think I misunderstood <laughs> there, the question there. Well, there is... It's kind of a jokey question. 
yeah, there is there is uh there's two possible answers. I yeah, suppose. yeah. Ken said chloroform, but I mean, you at least said I was I was objectively wrong because yeah. Jeff, how do you feel? I feel good. All right, I'll I'll give him points. I'll give him points. Uh, yeah. That's that's how we are here at Triviality. <laughs> Generous, oh, open to everyone. Well, Generous. I bring candy. Nuts, I bring yeah. candy in, and Neil just you know spits on me. Well, no, no. I mean, every time you open up the door to your van, I accept the candy. <laughs> Eat that squirrel nut zipper, Neil. Uh, I might eat it. We'll see. It'll, it'll at least cause less tension in the studio. So Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, question number two. Which Greek god would be demoted and no longer recognized if it was treated like its Roman counterpart by the International Astronomical Union? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm locked in. Okay. I'm in. Everyone good? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start with Rich. Um, I think the planet that was downgraded is Pluto, which I think is Hades. All right. Let's go to Jeff. That makes sense. I went with another one that I knew was named after a planet, and I went, well, this also so I could say it in the voice of Gal Gadot, Ares, uh, who I believe is Mars, the bringer of war. But All right. I, uh, yeah, Pluto was demoted, and uh, I thought that was Hades, and I was like, would Mickey Mouse name his dog after... After the Lord of the Underworld, and I was like, "Yeah, I probably would." So I was stuck with Hades. Wow, you guys were right on. It was Hades. That's dark. <laughs> hey, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't name Pluto Pluto. Uh, so Ken and Rich both getting points on that one. Great job pulling that one, guys. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, question three. In the Atomic Number Library... Oh, uh, here he goes. Yeah, oh, thinks he thinks he knows a little something about elements now. Back, background for our, our listeners, Neil has been just cramming with a crib sheet on elements and element numbers, so he thinks he's a genius, so we'll see how this works. Sodium, guys. I'm just trying to learn. Nah, <laughs> nah guys. Okay. Um, in the Atomic <laughs> Number Library, you would find Catch-22 by Joseph Heller in the Dewey Decimal System under this name. So I'm looking for catch name of the element to simplify it. So the question is, what's the 22nd element and put catch before it, right? Yep. So let's just, I'm just going to guess. I'll, I'll give you a hint. All right. Uh, recording artist Sia. This is her favorite book. Yeah, I, I got it. Son of a bitch. I already had to be had a it. pop music question. I already had it then. So yeah, I'm, okay. That's what I thought. Uh, I'm just going to guess something. I don't know the numbers did of you, the elements. And did you I'm hear the, pick one I know. Did you hear the hint that I gave? Yeah, it didn't help me. Okay. <laughs> you never know. It so. probably hurt me. All right, let's 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 go. All right, let's start with Ken. <sighs> so with the pop music help, I uh, assumed it was either silver or gold because, uh, you know, pop musicians like to sing about that a lot. So I went with Catch Silver. Okay. Rich? Damn it. <laughs> hmm. uh, I said uh, Catch Sodium. I, I, I don't know. Maybe she's salt from Salt and Pepper. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right. Good reasoning there, though. And Jeff. So I kept getting stuck. In the beginning, I kept getting stuck because Neil said catch. He kept saying catch. So I kept seeing CA in my head, which is calcium. That's 20, though. So I went uh, up a little bit. It's um, And then when he said the clue for Sia, this is the name of one of her songs, so I was absolutely positive. Um, one of the lightest structural metals used often in aerospace engineering, this would be titanium. Sia's Ooh. single was titanium. Yep. So it would be catch titanium. Knew I didn't want the hint. Uh, another kind of cutesy answer. Sorry, guys. If the capital city of Switzerland wants to get more tourism, 
Perhaps they should use a phrase popularized by Jane Fonda during her exercise videos to push through fatigue, or the hashtag used by the 2016 Sanders campaign. So I'll accept either the capital city of Switzerland, but originally I was looking for the phrase used by the 2016 Sanders campaign. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Or Jane Fonda. I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm yeah. locked in. Well, how did I not get all of those immediately? I don't know what the hell this question it is. It might just be that easy, though. Yeah. All right, Ken, you're in, and Rich is in. All right, so um, before we get to the answer, uh, it could also, I suppose, be an anti-STD um, uh, slogan, but we'll get to that later. Ken, what do you uh, got? I don't even know what you're asking here. I just put <laughs> pushing forward. I don't know. Pushing forward. Okay. I don't know what you're talking Not a about. capital of Switzerland. Rich? Uh, the, I think the capital of Switzerland is Bern, so it's feel the burn. All right, and oh, Jeff? Oh, okay, now I get it. I, I also put feel the burn without confidence that it fits the phrasing Neil was looking for, but burn is the capital of Switzerland. Yeah. It is feel the burn. All right, I had no idea what you were asking for. Now I get it. Yeah, feel the burn. So, yeah, the, uh, hashtag feel the burn was for the Sanders campaign. Jane Fonda used to say that uh, during her exercise videos when uh, everyone was getting tired. All right, uh, back to question five. Uh, thanks once again to Matt Coleman. I really, really loved this question. It was a trivia fact that I had not known, and when I looked it up and researched it after you sent it, I just, I just thought it was so interesting, and I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, so thanks once again. The U.S. Department of Defense is the largest purchaser of explosives in the United States. Which company is number two? And uh, so I'll give you a hint because it's it's one of these questions where once you hear it, you'll never forget it. But the hint will kind of guide you there if you need it. Just let me know. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm good for a hint. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, the hint is that it's a media conglomerate. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Media conglomerate who loves using explosives. Michael Bay. <laughs> just, just, just Michael Bay. <laughs> it's just Bay. Michael Bay. Just himself. <laughs> right, he's, a, he's above a... <laughs> I'm locked in. All right, not not too confident, but let's start with Rich. I said Warner Brothers. Okay, Warner Brothers, definitely a media conglomerate. Ken? I believe this has to do with uh, fireworks and pyrotechnics and special effects, and I went with Disney. And Jeff? Oh, crap. Yep, that makes way more sense. I put ILM, but it's got to be Disney. It is Walt yeah. Disney yeah. for their daily yeah. fireworks and pyrotechnics. Um, all right, number six. Man, a lot of hockey questions today. I'm sorry, guys. I don't even like Yay. watch hockey, but uh, it's, I guess more for Ken. What NHL hockey team was named after a creature who allegedly inhabited the heavily forested area of the coastal plain known as the Pine Barrens? And we're not saying whether it's a current team. Could be, could not be. Uh, it is a current. Yeah, I will say it's a current team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just had a little, uh, a little malfunction there, and I was going through all the teams, and then. When I came to the answer, it became quite obvious to me. Um, I'm locked in. I don't watch hockey. All right. Uh, that's fine. I'm in. Okay. Uh, so let's start with Rich. Um, I got a little confused because you said coastal, and the only thing I could think of, I can't think of that, couldn't think of that many teams. So I just said Minnesota Wild. Okay. Maybe it's like a Sasquatch or something. I don't know what their mascot looks like. All right, uh, let's go to Jeff. Um, I, w I was thinking maybe the um, Panthers. All right, and Ken? I'm going to defer to uh, Patrick Warburton as putty on this one. We're the devils! The devils! <laughs> and uh, go with the New Jersey Devils. 
Well, oh. well the uh, the common description is that it's a kangaroo-like creature with the head of a goat, leathery bat-like wings, horns, small arms with clawed hands, cloven hooves, and a forked tail. Uh, I thought maybe Rich would know this uh, as the creature that haunts the Pine Barrens over there on the East Coast. It would be the Jersey Devil. <laughs> it's the Devils. Um, Where the Devils at? Yeah, so I, I heard a, it was actually an episode of Lore all about the Jersey Devil and how people see it all the time and they think they or they think they see it. Yeah, I um, listened to that one too. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. I never knew about that before. Number seven. The liberal arts are those subjects or skills that in classical antiquity were considered essential for a free person to know in order to take an active part in civic life. Much of the Freemasonry is based upon principles found in the seven liberal arts and sciences. When I found out there were, there were seven of them, which I didn't know, I had to ask a question about them. So all I need you to do is just name two of the seven liberal arts and sciences. I'm in. Okay. All right, I'm locked in. All right. Ken and Rich both locked in. Jeff twiddling his thumbs. No, I've, I've got, I'm good. All right, let's start with Jeff. Um, so one of them that I feel pretty certain of is uh, philosophy. And I had a couple other um, strong inclinations. Um, but for the other one, I settled on um, literature. Okay. Ken? To be honest, I never really considered uh, the classification of liber liberal arts uh, to be, you know, certain things. Uh, so I just put uh, literature and history. All right. And Rich? I said philosophy and history. Okay. So Ooh, interesting. unfortunately, uh, no points coming around. Wow. Uh, so the quadrivium consisted of arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. And the trivium is the lower division of the seven liberal arts and comprises grammar, logic, and rhetoric, also known as input process and output. Okay. Yeah, so for your for your trivia minds, guys, arithmetic, geometry, music, astronomy, grammar, logic, and rhetoric. I had mathematics as one of my alternates and natural sciences because that was kind of a thing up until science became rigorous. Yeah. So. All right, question eight. Actor James Avery is best known for portraying Uncle Phil on the TV show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and was the voice of what well-known villain on, the 80s, on a late 80s Saturday morning cartoon? I'm in. Ugh. Ken can see why I was so upset uh, on a, a previous recording of another game that will be released. And you're looking for the name of the show? Uh, the name of the uh, villain. villain from the show. The name of the villain. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm locked in. All right, what, do you, what did you go with, Rich? Is he Cobra Commando? Uh, that's a very good guess. Uh, it, is, uh, it is not, but good guess, though. Uh, Jeff? Uh, I feel like this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I went with Shredder because I couldn't remember for sure who the villain he played was. And Ken, ironically, uh, Shredder, because uh, it is in my Shredder. Last game. It is Shredder. That is correct. And that uh, that question was from uh, Matt Coleman. So thanks today for those three questions, Matt. All right, uh, moving right along to question nine. You guys are doing great. Author and fighter pilot Scott Kelly just released a book titled Endurance, which chronicles his endeavors during a record-breaking year of doing what? Got it. The book does have a subtitle, but I'm right. uh, keeping it from I, the question. I understand why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Doing what? Yeah, just what, what was he doing for a year that broke a record? Okay, I'm in. Uh, so I, I vaguely remember this. I, I could be wrong, but I, I think I remember. Was he in the air for a whole year? There was There was... I don't remember the thing. I'm going to go with he was in the air for the whole year flying. 
Uh, could you? Uh, okay. All right. And I don't know. He was in the air flying. You said. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Rich is in. Let's go with uh, Ken. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about this uh, gentleman on talk radio. I believe he's the gentleman who uh, stayed in space the longest. And in space. Mm, that's a better answer, Jeff. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit more vague. Uh, he spent a year aboard the International Space Station. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I will accept both. He because he, he was uh, not the person who's been in space the longest. He was the person record breaking. Uh, uh, person who lived in space uh, for a year uh, right. on the International Space It would have been funny if you did a trick question about his brother, sat at home and did nothing and had tests run on him. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer to be that guy. That's pretty interesting. Is his brother the one who's married to uh, Senator Giffords? Uh, could be. I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay. All right. Uh, last question of round two. Let's see if we can uh, shore up these scores before we go into the final. With over 155 million units sold, a record that may not be touched, this is the best-selling video game console of all time. 155 million. Over 155 million units sold. I'm good. Okay, I'm in too. All right. Give Rich a minute here. Um, no, I'm locked in. All right, you locked in. Let's start with Jeff. So um, my, my gut said that it was the original Nintendo Entertainment System, um, but I believe given its longevity and then kind of the culture at the time, um, I think PlayStation actually was more successful. So I went PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Okay. Uh, let's go to Rich. I, I think I saw somewhere recently that, that all the handheld consoles usually outsell all the physical consoles. So I'm going to go with Game Boy. That's a great guess. Okay. Game Boy and Ken. I have a strong inclination on this one that uh, Nintendo's brilliant um, innovation and marketing schemes uh, bolstered the Wii in the top position, the original Wii. All right. Really? Well, here we go. So number six uh, is by Microsoft. The Xbox 360 is number six on this yep. list with 84 million. Number five is the Wii from Nintendo with 101.6 nope. million. Number four is the Sony PlayStation, the original. Okay. Number three, PS2. Game Boy or Game Boy Color. Number two, the Nintendo DS. And just narrowly beating it out, uh, number one, PlayStation 2. Ah, okay. It was, it was sort of, PS2. Yeah, it was okay. a different time, uh, a lot more uh, hoopla around the systems then. You know what? And I, I should have thought about that. PS2 was also purchased by a lot of people because it was also a DVD player, which was kind right. of a novelty at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I should have thought about PS2. Yep, pretty interesting. I was I was super surprised to find out that uh, Microsoft wasn't even in the top five. It's just I, all Sony and Nintendo. I could have sworn there was something about the the Wii sales, though. Well, the Wii that's sales, it's there by wasn't... far the best generation that generation sales. Oh, maybe that's yeah. Right. Out of the Xbox 360, because it outsold the that. Xbox 360. Yeah, it outsold yeah. all the uh, modern consoles. Gotcha. All right, so uh, here are the scores before going into the final round. In third place currently is Rich with 100. Second place, Ken with 120, and narrowly in the lead, Jeff with 125. Uh, remember, guys, I'm going to give you five categories. You can wager zero to 30 points on each category, depending on your confidence. And uh, I'll make sure, Rich, that uh, we do it privately so they can't hear your wagers. But, uh, but let's just go through the, the categories here. All right, category one. Oh, uh, I wanted to mention, all of these questions here for the first time ever on Triviality, are all listener-submitted. So this is a listener-submitted final round. So thanks, everyone, who sent in questions. Question number one, the category is Hockey Greats by Austin Keep. 
Category number two, American Art by David Ruffetto. Category three, Fast Food by Dave Nelson. All right. Category four, Canadian Political Nicknames by Jonathan Berlingeri. And number five, Cookies by Adam Abbasi. All right. So the wagers are in, and it is time to uh, go to the final round. So question one was in the category of hockey greats, provided by friend Austin Keep. Here's the question. If Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal, which NHL great would own the record for most points? Question two, American art, provided by David Ruffetto. Edward Hopper is best known for his painting of an after-hours diner depicting a couple at the counter, a lone customer opposite them, and a food service employee in all white. Since its completion in 1942, this painting has been in the collection of the Art Institute of Chicago. What is the title of that Edward Hopper painting? Wow, I should have bet on either of these. Question three, fast food facts provided by uh, Dave Nelson. Altered your question a little bit, but it's uh, basically in the same spirit. According to the Nutrition Calculator, published on its website, which of the following popular McDonald's menu items contain the highest number of calories? A, a double cheeseburger. B, a large order of French fries. C, 10-piece chicken McNuggets. Or D, a small chocolate shake. All right. Going to uh, question number four, Canadian political nicknames. Coming to us from Jonathan Berlingeri. Before Justin Trudeau became Canada's prime minister, his father, Pierre Trudeau, held the office. What was the name given to the excitement generated by Pierre's entry into leadership and early time in office? The four lads from Liverpool would approve. And question five, cookies from Adam Abbasi. What is the brand name of cookie that is often viewed as an imitation of the Oreo when, in fact, it came out four years earlier and calls itself America's first cream-filled cookie? Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. If I lose this game, I'm going to quit the show. (laughs) Not to be overly dramatic. Bye, Jeff. I'm in. All right, Ken is in. I'm locked in. All right, everyone is locked in. Great. All right, so uh, we're going to go with question one, uh, which was brought to us by Austin Keep, and that was uh, if Wayne Gretzky was never in the NHL, uh, who would be the leader in points? Uh, let's, looks like Ken wagered 10, Rich wagered 0, and Jeff wagered 0. So let's start with Rich, who had nothing to lose here. What did you say, Rich? I said Yaramir Yager. Okay. Jeff, what did you say? That's a really good guess. I'm pretty sure he's in the top 10, but I can't remember. Um, I guess Mario Lemieux. All right. Mario Lemieux and Ken. Um, I'm not too good with my historical hockey, actually, but I went with uh, Gordie Howe. And Gordie Howe. So, unfortunately, Ken is going to lose 10 points on this question because if Wayne Gretzky... uh, if Wayne Gretzky's goals were not oh, counted... Oh, I didn't listen to the question. Wayne Gretzky... He'd still have most points. Wayne Gretzky still would have the most points with assists. <laughs> Gretzky has 1,963 assists, and the, the guy right behind him is Ron Francis with 1,249. Wow. I, I forgot how far out ahead he is. I knew that's that right. stat. That was so... That's so far out. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call him the great one. I didn't hockey listen, I didn't hockey li- greats. I didn't listen to the question. I'm mad. Uh, all right, we're going to question two, which was American art from our friend David Ruffetto. Uh So what was that Edward Hopper painting that's in the Art Institute of Chicago? Ken Wager 20, Rich Wager 20, and uh, Jeff has nothing to lose here, so we'll start with Ken. That is Nighthawks. All right, Rich? I have Nighthawks as well. Okay, and Jeff? Nighthawks. All right, so the answer was Nighthawks. Uh, so Ken and Rich will be getting 20 points each. And uh, something that David did, which I thought was great, was he put a fun Neil fact in the email that I had to say. So uh, the scene has been cited as influential to films like Blade Runner. Ridley Scott made a point of showing it to his production team, Glengarry Glenn Ross, for the diner scene, and Pennies from Heaven, two Hopper paintings recreated on set. So thanks, David. Question number three from Dave Nelson was in fast food. So we were basically looking for uh, which of the menu items had the most calories uh, as uh, current as 2017 on McDonald's nutrition calculator. So it was either the double cheeseburger, large French fries, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or small chocolate shake. Ken wagered 10. Uh, What did you say? I was between the fries and the shake, but I went with the fries ultimately. Okay. Uh, Rich wagered 30. What did you go with, Rich? I was also between the fries and the shake, but I went with the shake. Okay. And Jeff? I was between the fries and the nuggets, believe it or not, and I went fries. All right, so the lowest amount of calories of those four was the double cheeseburger at 430. The second highest was chicken nuggets at 440. 
Third highest and uh, was the large French fries at 510 calories, and the largest caloric amount were, was the uh, small chocolate milkshake at 530. Uh, all right, so this next question was basically a, a wash for everyone. Everyone wagered zero. Uh, it was Canadian political nicknames from our friend Jonathan Berlingeri, trying to teach us a little bit about Canada, where he's from. Uh, so what was the name of the excitement of Pierre Trudeau and his leadership race in early time in office? Ken? I would just went with uh, Trudeau mania. All right, Trudeau mania. Uh, Rich, I said Beetle mania. <laughs> I didn't know. All right, you were on the right track. And Jeff, I guess Trudeau mania. It was Trudeau mania. You guys were all on the right track there, Rich. Almost there, but that's all right. You guys all wagered zero. All right, so I haven't uh, done any math in my head, but we'll see how this final question uh, affects the entire game. Uh, some fairly big wagers on this last one for the, the category of cookies from Adam Abbasi. Ken wagered 20, Rich wagered 10, and Jeff wagered 20. So let's see how they fare. Ken, uh, what did you say that cookie was? Well, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't know the answer to this because me and my friends argue about cookie supremacy, and it is Hydrox. All right, Rich. I also had Hydrox. And Jeff. Ditto on Hydrox. All right, you all got that correct. So uh, let me tabulate these uh these scores here all right so the final scores are in and uh it's time to see who won the game this was an exciting game because uh our winner fought his way from the bottom and now he's here so in third place jeff with 125 points putting on a strong showing in second place with 140 points is ken and today's cream of the crop with 150 points is our guest rich Rise to the top, oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, good job. I'm I'm very torn here because on one hand I'm a little mad about the uh, the hockey question that I uh, didn't quite listen to, but on the other hand I'm very proud of you. Uh, and you're the cream today, so we have to honor the cream. Yeah, you did a great job, Rich. Um, coming from the back, I mean you were uh, you were right in the thick of it in the first round, and then uh, you were behind uh, after regulation, but uh, you pulled together some pretty big bets there. Uh, basically betting 50 points in the final round, uh, and it paid off. So great job. No, just wanted to say thanks for having me, and uh, we should do this again real soon. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, sounds thanks good. For coming. Yeah, thanks so much, and thanks for listening. And uh, for all our listeners out there, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you know how. You can email us at trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. You can go right to our website, trivialitypodcast.com, and uh, use the email client right there. Uh, if you'd like to submit question five submissions, uh, send us an email with the subject line question five in the host that you would like to read it. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at TrivialityPod. And if you'd like to support the show uh, for our quest to uh, get some better equipment, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast and uh, become a uh, patron just like uh, Rich today, who is our champion. So uh, thank you to Rich for joining us today. And uh, in the studio, thank you as always to Jeff and Ken. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. If you are some dumb folks looking to just get murdered, <laughs> New York's hottest club is... <laughs> New York's hottest club is... Your mother and I are separating. Brooms, scrunchies, screw heads, a shaved lion that looks like Mario Vitale. <laughs> on this Valentine's Day, you can lose yourself on the dance floor surrounded by 12 dancing jupids. Jupids? Jewish cupids. 
Cool. They just want you to meet someone nice and settle down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>